MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. This is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard as we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resorts. And Casino, loaded show on tap today. We have Paul Stone in 90 minutes, college football handicapper. Uh, we'll look at the last week of the regular season with him. Ralph Russo, a little bit on the Heisman. And uh, should Lane Kiffin actually consider this Auburn job? And Adam Shirtoff <laughs> on the program as well. Nigel's coming up in 30 minutes. And I we're going to, Nigel Seeley, soccer expert, friend of the show, world, going to the World Cup. We're going to get to the yeah, Monday Night Football game here in a minute, but we do need to start with what's going on right now over in Qatar. They are in the 97th minute, and we never have live sporting events on when we uh, start the show or everyone around the air. The favorites, Paulie, Argentina, uh, laying a massive number today, obviously, against uh, Saudi Arabia. They are trailing 2-1, to one, and uh, no kidding, uh, as I'm walking past the sports book behind me today, Circa, to get to the studio... I'm looking at the game on the screen, and the only words I heard out of the uh, play-by-play announcer's voice was, this would be maybe the biggest upset in the history of the World Cup. 25-1 to if it holds. And also, Argentina scores 10 minutes into the match on a penalty by Messi. So this is a come-from-behind job. 1-0 at the half, and then Saudi Arabia gets two quick ones. God knows what the in-play was, right? Oh. There's also a prop where they come from behind and win. That was a value. I bother to look at that. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Why would you? The fans are stunned. They keep showing them at the match. They're stunned here at Circa. I mean, this would be incredible if it happened. And then uh, ugly American checking in. I don't know. I, how do you have a sporting event where the players don't know how much time is in the actual event? No, I, I <laughs> just know. see this added time and stoppage time. They just make it what up as goes they go. On? Oh, the USA game was ridiculous. Sure, it, it, but this, this, yeah. I, this is unbelievable. I'm speechless. And now there was a nasty collision and by the way, wait until you see one of the chances that uh, Argentina had in um, point-blank range, probably like in the 92nd minute, and how the defender saved it for Saudi Arabia. That should have been a guy. I don't know how the guy was there. And now there was a guy that had to get carted off the field, and uh, who knows how long this match is going to go on for now. But unbelievable way. If this is actually the way the show starts today yeah. and the way yeah. that uh, Argentina starts their World Cup, yeah. oh, my God. And the in-play has been fascinating because still in the 60th minute, Saudi Arabia was still 3-1 to one to win the match. With the lead in the 60th minute. 
and then Messi puts one in 10 minutes in, and then you see the total go to three and a half after that, and now it's uh, can they hold, hang on for dear life here with only a couple minutes left and be a monumental historic upset? You're right. The other thing, the angle with all the penalties. I mean, every single match now has had a penalty. But, and these yep. are, but the, one, right? Yes, right. Yep. And these are juicy returns. Number one, to have a penalty, then the score off the penalty. Right. I mean, you're talking, Iran was 14 15 to one uh, late in that match, mm-hmm. and they got one against England. So that continues to get the cash and get there. Okay, so we'll keep you abreast of what goes on here. This match um, only has a few minutes left. And again, Argentina trails Saudi Arabia by a score of two to one. All right, there was a shot right there on goal, but another save by the uh, Saudi goalkeeper. Uh, last night's game in Monday Night Football in Mexico. I mean, that's what it looks like when the 49ers uh, show up and everybody gets involved. How, how are you going to slow this team down? I mean, which team in the NFL has better weapons on offense than San Francisco? There isn't one. As long as Garoppolo mm-hmm. plays well and gets him the ball. I mean, when they spread yep. out and they can have McCaffrey playing the slot with Kittle at tight end and Ayuk and Sammy, what, what, how do you defend it? That's an embarrassment of riches, I know. The big if is can Jimmy... You know, if Jimmy plays like that, shut it down. It's not fair. Four touchdowns and 20 of 29. Uh, and then the running game, too. I mean, McCaffrey only had, what, seven carries? What he had? I mean, yeah, you they, get, get, you they get, get Mitchell nine. Yeah, you give Mitchell, get Mitchell back, too. So it's an all-star team on offense. And then the defense is just nasty, too. I mean, they made one mistake. I mean, the, the, the touchdown was a fluke. Bosa jumps off sides. Yep. Everyone stopped. And they, they complete the long pass. But uh, they shut down McCoy. They're now 6-4. and four. They're heavy favorites to win that division. They're 4-0 and in the division. And guess what? Four of the next five are at home in some intriguing games. I mean, they're going to punish Brady when uh, Tampa goes there. That's not going to end well for Tommy with the offensive line issues. But the Miami game's intriguing. Uh, you get that. You go to Seattle on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It's right there for them. But I would say at this point, worst case, uh, 10 wins for San Francisco. Maybe 11. Should win the division. San Fr- uh, Seattle gets the benefit of playing L.A. late as the Rams are in total disarray. But you're right. I mean, it's just an all-star team with the collection of weapons that they have. And good to see they get Kittle involved, too. Yeah, finally. And it made some sense, right, with the breakdown because Arizona is so bad at guarding the tight end. And uh, they get the Saints now coming up this week. 49ers, huge favorites. Yeah. They should punish that team as well. But you're right. I mean, that Miami game in a couple of weeks should be fantastic. Must-watch television for sure. Flex that thing. Yeah. Get that on prime time. Yes. You have to do that. That is uh, team number one that I do not do not want to play in the NFC because they will absolutely punish you. Like, and I know we've thrown that word around a lot here. They are physical. They're mean. As long as they're healthy, they beat the daylights out of you on defense. And then what are you going to do to slow it down on offense as long as Garoppolo plays well? Uh-huh. I, you you want to slow it down the running game? Okay, well then here's Ayuk across the middle for 37. Here's Kittle down the... what Samuel? And oh, by the way, that was, on the flip side, was pathetic from Arizona. Concur. And and the second ugly t- at the end. Here's my prediction: that touchdown, the second touchdown by Kittle last night, is what's going to get Kingsbury fired. And I, I think tw- so. They gave up on the play, and Troy Aikman called him out, and he said yeah. this is embarrassing, and he said that on ESPN, and he's exact when they showed the replay, he was exactly right. That like two or three dudes gave up on the play, and Kittle just walked into the end zone. Yeah, you cannot have that. Yeah, it's supposed to be a home game. Everyone's excited in Mexico City. Well, it was 98% uh, well, that's, 49ers right, yeah, fans. But we, I know, but it was uh, an Arizona home game. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, the other thing is uh, the, the, he has a horrible relationship with Murray. That can't help him either. So, dead man walking. And everyone said, well, they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah, but they started 7-0. and And they, they, you know, they barely got to the finish line. That's right. That was the problem. And I still can't get that Christmas Day game out of my head when they were, took on a, they took on a decimated in, uh, indie team and, Lost that game at home. So you can't win games at home. You almost missed the playoff starting 7-0, and this has been an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. So you're probably onto something here that he's just hanging on. He might not make the end of the season, but a change definitely has to occur in Arizona. It's too gonna, much, well, it will. Too many weapons, too much talent there for the offense to look like this, and too many problems, right? Yeah, and it's the effort overall last night again. That was really, really bad. It's over. They're calling the match right it's now. It's over. 25-1. to 1. Holy it's over. smokes. Saudi Arabia wins. Wait, so if they were 25-1 to 1 to win the match... In play, I have no idea in play. I have no idea. Oh, no, no, not in play. I, oh. Because on Nigel's preview on vcin.com, to win the group, they were 22-1. to 1. That must have been an off number. If they were 25-1 to 1 to win this match, what's yeah. what's the realistic number for them to win the group? There, I mean, it had to be, you know, had to have been way higher than that. 
three, four times. You would think, yeah, absolutely. I can't believe that. The World Cup favorites My go God. down. Yeah. No, one of the biggest upsets in the history of the World Cup. Let us know what the in-play was. Because I, I, I'm driving into work, and that's when they pop two in. <laughs> I mean, it's one nil. Did you see the second time. goal? Yeah. It was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is nuts. Cannot believe this. Oh, the reaction from this. Oh, my God. If they miss uh, advancing. Don't qualify, yeah. I, I, I took Nigel's advice, too. I have him 6-1 to one to win the whole thing. How is that for a bad way to start off the uh, tournament for I you? I did the exacta. Martinez to have most goals, and they win it, too, which is yep. a juicy price. Wow. So uh, they have a ton of talent. But that is to score 10 minutes in and nothing the rest of the way. That's it. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know. You guys can help me out, too, if it was four years ago or eight years ago. But the, 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 the it was a World Cup match. I also think it was Saudi Arabia. But someone bet $300,000 on Argentina to win. And Messi scored like in the 90th minute. And they won 1-0. It was in the group stage. Huh. And they, he's like, wow, it was 300000 like to win 30000 Sure. And the guy's just squeaky bum time. And Messi put one in late. 89th, 90th minute, whatever it was. So, uh... Got to be demoralizing here for all the fans that came. Oh, I'm I mean, looking this at. Is, oh there, my there's God. no joke. There's a group of fans right behind us right now, and they have all their um, Argentina, you know, gear on. You should see the reaction right now. I feel so so bad for them. They're a bunch of young kids. I say kids. They're out here drinking. They're in their twenties, whatever. Their 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 faces are in their hands oh. right now. I don't know if they're crying or not, but uh, the whole time they've been you know screaming at the screen, and I don't blame them. You know, this is what's so great about this event. It brings yeah. up the uh, you know yes. the uh, the fandom, the patriotism for every single country, and they're just. I feel so bad for him. I felt bad yesterday. I mean, USA blew that. Of course they did. They blew that match. Total domination in the first half. Absolutely. Another penalty, which, uh, I mean, he's got his back. Bale's got his back to the, was it Bale? It was, yeah. yeah. He had his back to the goal. I mean, he's not going to do anything there. It's just a a silly, stupid play to do that. And you give him the goal. Now, here's what you have to uh, hope doesn't happen, right? If you want, you know, if you bet, and obviously fans of Team USA... Uh, is the Welsh side, are they good enough to beat Iran 3-0? Three, three oh, this is interesting. Because you, 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 what Nigel said maybe made some sense. Yeah. I understand with I want to take on uh, Iran when I know what I need from a goal differential yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Yes. If I need three, if I need four, absolutely. I'd rather do that. Try to get a draw or maybe you lose 1-0 to England and then you can uh, unleash hell maybe against Iran. Oh, you're going to have to. Look, I mean, more leaks in the Iraqi Navy, right? Yeah. The departed line. I mean, you give up, give up six against England. Yep. And it was a high school team out there the way it looked yesterday. Uh-huh. Everything came easy for the English side. Yes. But that's, I mean, I don't know. Watching Wales yesterday, are they good enough? Do they have a good enough club to take it to Iran and get that gold differential right. built up? That's I don't know. Good, I don't know if they're good. that good. Right. But if they have the chance to, they, if but, they have the chance to win three yeah. 0 they're going to do it. Obviously. I know. Well, in any event, we blew it. I mean, we're going to qualify. We have it. It's yeah. right there. Yep. And it just, you, you, you couldn't put one. They couldn't go up 2 0. They dominated the first half. How they good are they looking in the first half? Oh, they were unbelievable. That's, that's the best for I, people reaching out to yeah. me who are like lifelong soccer fans, and they said that's the best first half they've ever played in the World Cup. That yep. speaks to Nigel's point, maybe. These guys are in perfect yep. shape, and they come out right now, and they don't have 100,000 miles on the odometer yeah. playing Man, in July. That stinks. Uh, how, how you give it away like that? That was stinks. rough. Yes. What do you think of the penalty? Got that. Proper call? Uh, Rob, yeah, but it's just it's silly from the standpoint yeah. of the guy. The guy's not a threat at that not, point. Not even, come on. He's not even looking at the goal. He's not going to score from there. Come on. Sloppy. All right, it's right, follow the money. Fireworks to begin the show. Uh, it's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We will recap more of the betting action from yesterday with win some, lose some coming up next. Um, You're bound to get a lot of bad beats in college basketball. Yesterday did not disappoint. Details here next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Don't have to wait until after Turkey to score a Black Friday deal with VEASAN. VEASAN Pro Annual subscribers, new subscribers, get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. Get a daily recap of the top plays made by every host and guest. Great tools like the betting splits, the deep dive daily reports, the upcoming college bowl guide and Super Bowl guide. Limited time Black Friday offer. Great holiday gift, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All right, Nigel Seeley joins the program now. Uh, buddy to the show here. Uh, he is going to be in Qatar starting next week, coming on every day this week uh, to talk World Cup. Uh, the favorites went down moments ago, Nigel. Your pick to win the World Cup as well. How shocked are you, and what was the biggest number that you saw in play on Saudi? Hello, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm at a train station in London, London Bridge. I'm so you might hear some trains in the background. I don't know whether to jump in front of the trains after that performance. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely uh, shocked the core I am on that performance. I mean, the the, the it was it's my tip for the World Cup, Argentina. Obviously, you can't rule out Argentina not progressing. Other teams have done, lost their first game and got on to do well in the World Cup competitions. And you've got to expect Argentina to bounce back. But the manner of the defeat is is, is just insane. Uh, they were 1-0 up, mm-hmm. uh, debatable penalty, Messi takes the penalty early on. Then they score three goals that the referee disallows, uh, one of them VAR, which should never be disallowed. Uh, I've backed Martinez to be the top goal scorer. He scores a perfectly good goal, in my opinion, and I don't think he was offside. The other two, yes, they were offside, but that is how much Argentina were in complete control. If they scored the second goal, they would have went on a 1-3 or 4, no doubt about it. Um, Saudi Arabia get back the game in the second half scored the goal Argentina all over it 2-1 and the biggest odds I saw mm-hmm. over here on the UK on the betting exchange bet there somebody has matched uh, Saudi Arabia in play at 1,000 to 1 um, I think it was only for like $10 but someone's $10,000 better 
off now without Saudi Arabia, and some poor man has lost ten thousand yeah. dollars on that game to risk to, to win ten dollars. That's all he did it for to win, win ten dollars. He's done ten thousand. That's going to be a very interesting conversation with his <laughs> wife when he gets home tonight. I wanted to win ten dollars, and I've done ten thousand. I mean, Jesus, come on, that is just insane. But for me personally, I yeah. tell you what, it's been a tread, been an absolute tread World Cup. Honestly, yeah. I'm on my knees. After three games, I'm on my knees. I played the unders heavy, England to win to nil yesterday, draw first half. I was in a bar packed full of England fans, jumping around. I was literally crying. I cried. How can I doing that when I'm doing my money? Absolutely everywhere. I've got in today. I thought, I'll get up early. I watched the Argentina game. One nil up. I think we're going to bet Argentina to win to nil. Argentina minus two goals. Martinez score. Martinez scores two goals and they're both just down for bar. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? He said, oh, it's disaster. But things will only get better. We've turned it around. We've got three games this afternoon. We're there going to get, go. get ourselves out of trouble. There yeah. you go. The long way to go. All right. Pull yourself up. Uh, uh, we got a long ways to go. How, about, how do you compare this to 1990 against Cameroon? And mention the fact, I mean, they were offside seven times in the first half alone. I think I think Argentina went completely complacent. This is a side that, remember, 35 games unbeaten game. Played Brazil three times, lost to them, and then lose to Saudi Arabia. I mean, <laughs> get your head around that. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you one thing. I mean, the, 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 I compare it very differently to 1990 because of in-play betting. So when, when yeah. uh, Cameroon beat Argentina back in 1990, there was no in-play betting. So the odds, the magnitude of the defeat, and the odds never hit the highs of what they've done on here. So in terms of pre-match, it's probably not the biggest shock ever in World Cup. I think that Cameroon game was probably the biggest shock. You've got to remember in that 1990 World Cup, when Cameroon did lose, uh, they beat Argentina in the opening game. Argentina went on to to the final. They they galvanised themselves and went on to the finals. Don't rule out Argentina here. They've got to look themselves in the mirror. They've got to change their game plan. But I think they'll come back really, really strong. Uh, I'm not ruling out the chance of doing it, but the in plays were why this is the biggest shot because yep. the, the odds that this yep. game hit in play were just so extraordinarily high that uh, that that was the difference. All right, let's follow the money here on Vsin, the sports betting network. Nigel Seeley, our guest, <laughs> like Paulie was saying, like you mentioned yeah. too, keep your chin up, kid. We have another match coming up in about 25 minutes, top of the hour. It's Denmark taking uh, 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 Tunisia. Denmark is minus yep. one, right? You got to lay a goal here. It's plus 115. I'm looking at the total is two and a half. Heavy juice to the under. What's your play in this match if you have one? Well, I've actually bet I've bet them up minus one goal. Um, I think they will win. I think they're a really organised side, very very hard to beat. Um, don't concede many goals, but you could have said that for Argentina. You could have said that for England. Um, but what they do, what they do have is they have uh, an excellent goalkeeper, a fantastic centre defender, and a captain, and they have goals in the side. And they take on Tunisia today. The teams have come out. Tunisia without their first choice goalkeeper, he doesn't play, and they're without their top goal scorer. So they're two big injury blows for Tunisia. So I think Denmark will win this minus one. I like that play. I also have had a small play on the under two and a half goals. So a Denmark 1-0, 2-0 win would be perfect for me. But um, the way the World Cup's going at the moment, what I would turn around and say now is really keep the the stakes quite minimal until we get to the second round or third round. Because this, 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 you know, in World Cups before, some of the things we've seen here, especially for under-betters, right? What we haven't mentioned here these matches are playing 10 to 12 minutes extra, extra yes, time injury. Time. Yes. So, so, that, so that is massive for under betters. If you're betting under goals, you've got an extra 25 minutes in both halves. That's worth that's worth half a goal alone. There you go. So what, what, what we've seen in what we've seen in trends before, this this is breaking all all trends and all differences. So I'm still I'm a kamikaze better. I'm still going in on the under two and a half. I'm absolutely kamikaze. Uh, so I, 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 I'm, I'm, but I feel where you get to knockout stage is when you get to like quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. When the teams are one nil down, they'll throw everything. You're going to see a lot more corners. You're going to see a lot more goals late on here. So all these under betters of under corners and under goals at the knockout stages. They're going to go through the roof. They're going to go high because people are going to throw everything in. They're going to know, you know, you're going to go into the 90th minute knowing you've got another 12 minutes to go. Uh-huh. How about Mexico and Poland? Total of two? Well, what a, what a, what a, man, that, that game now takes on a completely different yeah. twist because Argentina in the group, whoever wins that game is going to think, well, hang on a minute, we've got a great chance of winning this group or even, you know, and we've got a brilliant chance of qualifying. Right. I think that game there, though, I think there's two ways of looking at it. What do you expect? Do you think they'll both go? 
cautious as they think they'll go all out to the win. I, I would expect them to be very cautious. Right. You know, the, fact, the fact that they don't want to lose that game because Argentina have just lost, so they're going to make a point at least. So I, I was leaning towards the draw there. I saw the draw at bigger than two to one. I thought that was worth a very small lean. Again, I, I, again, I think the unders potentially. But I think the game plan now for these two sides completely changes now that Saudi Arabia have just beaten Argentina. So tactically, I think that'll be a standoff. Two very, very evenly matched sides, them two as well. You know, we said yesterday, two evenly matched sides in America and, uh, and Wales, which ended in a draw. And these two sides, Poland and Mexico, nothing really separating the two of them. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that into the draw as well. All right, it's, two, it's two and a half at DraftKings, uh, heavily okay. juiced to the under minus 180. And do you have a lean on the final match, France and Australia? France, a $4 favorite. Well, I think that's going to be really interesting on how the Denmark game plans because Denmark, it could, that group could come down to goal difference. So if Denmark win convincingly today 3-0, maybe something like that, I think France will have to go out on the show because that could come down to goal difference, whoever beats the teams the more. You would expect France to win. You would expect France to, to, to easily win that game. But we would expect Argentina to win that game. The only thing I would say with the French side is they've absolutely got so many key players injured. Conte's injured. They've got Pogba out. They've got uh, the centre the, uh, the, the forward from Leipzig is, isn't playing as well. But they, they're the one team in this World Cup that have been decimated by injuries. They should be far too strong for, for Australia. But... I mean, anybody who's taking one lesson I've learned today, and I, and I won't be doing it again this World Cup. I won't be putting my faith in anybody minus two goals. Mm-hmm. I think that's too. I think that's too much to give in this World Cup. Okay. With these winter conditions, with the extra time, with the fact that um, the, the heat, the humidity, everything about it, the strangeness of the, the feel of the World Cup, I think two two and a quarter dogs or two gold dogs are going to be very very hard to cover. Very good. Yeah, and you brought this up, Nigel, a couple of minutes back, and we're getting reaction right now on Twitter and on email asking, is it now time to bet Argentina if we didn't originally? Still no reason they can't get through, win their next two games. Um, is it right now time to fire on this team? I think so. I think so. And also, they, 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 there is a, I haven't looked at the draw yet, but I think there's a possibility that if they, they don't win the group and they finish run-up, they can, they can avoid Brazil. In the in the semi final, potentially plays Brazil. I, I'm not 100 percent about that, but I'm sure there is some kind of way they could avoid Brazil. And you know um, that if you look at their line to win the tournament, when I, when I just got off the train there after the game, it hasn't changed much. Mm. They've been beaten by the 1,000 minnows to win the World Cup, and and their line hasn't really changed much because uh, it could mean that they may avoid mm. uh, France in the last six. Their route may be easier to be, become a runner up, but on the performance levels, Messi needs to improve. They need to change their, their tactics. They were looking for just one ball through for Martinez or anybody or the runner to score. They, they've got a lot of work to do. But you don't go 35 games unbeaten in world soccer, play Brazil three times and suddenly become a bad side. I think they'll get yeah. it right. I think they'll cut it through. And we saw in 1990, they lose against Cameroon and make the final. Yeah, fair enough. point. A-plus yep. appearance. All right, guys. Take Thank care. you, mate. Right, I'm going to go after that today. I'm going to go and get stuck into some cellars before I go on my um, my my my, fest, my my fast of beer for the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, so there you go. sober yeah. zone. All right, sober zone. Best of luck today, pal. Yeah, he's going to have to really hit her. Jump hard today. in front of the train. Explain to the misses. Ten thousand will win ten. Oh boy. Oh my god. Updated college football numbers for what should be a great weekend in that sport coming up next. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Happy Thanksgiving from Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Feast on all the action football, basketball, hockey, World Cup, and more. Great house specials, great Thanksgiving Day promotions, over 200, oh, excuse me, over 450 different ways to bet every World Cup match. First touchdown insurance, single-game parlay, bet and get. Head to BetRivers.com or download the app today at BetRivers. It's a whole new game. Professional sports better, college football handicapper Paul Stone joins the program now. His podcast is called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time as always. This is a little bit of a sad week every year because it's the final week of the regular season in this sport. I know one that you uh, love so, so dearly. And I'll ask you this. Do you handicap this week any differently than the rest of the regular season because these teams know each other so well? You know, 
Mitch, I really don't. You know, I'm mostly a numbers guy, you know, a power ranking guy. I certainly also inspect the game, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, matchups, you know, like Notre Dame's rush offense against USC's rush defense and those types of things. So I probably don't consider it uh, the fact that these are rivalry games as much as some handicappers. I like to, I don't want to say I tilt my process towards the underdog, but I like to look first at the underdog. And I think in these rivalry games, although some people preach the narrative that you, you know, there's value with the underdogs uh, in these types of games, I kind of think like a contrarian because the favored team can sometimes be caught napping but in a rivalry game, when you have that disdain and you have, you know, they maybe played high school games together, they might be from the same, you know, part of the country and those types of things, I think the favorite is more likely to bring their full measure of collective team psyche. So I don't know that that really exists there. So I'm a little bit different. I, I don't handicap them too much differently. I still look at the numbers uh, and some of the fundamental uh, aspects of the handicap. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, one of those games... Uh, where the teams play every single year, usually at the end of the season, is USC and Notre Dame. Now, USC has everything in the world to play for. Uh, they're lane six uh, here at Circa. I'm seeing four and a half at some spots, five and a half at others. Um, to me, this is a lot of points for USC to be lane. They can't play any defense. Notre Dame can run the ball. Am I wrong with this, or do you also like the Irish? I do like the Irish, Mitch. No question about it. I think if you, if you have a... Uh... Uh, you know, uh, an inkling to take the the the, uh, the Irish that you want to take the six because, like you, I don't think it's getting any higher than six. I actually made my opener USC minus four, and I could have seen four and a half, but I think uh, you know the number right now is a uh, little bit too high line movement. However, it can be really difficult to project. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Texas opens as a seven point favorite uh, over TCU, and I said, man, it's not getting any higher than seven. Uh, and it went to seven and a half. So you can never tell what the market's going to do. Uh, but I think this is a good spot here uh, for Notre Dame and the points. How about the Egg Bowl and the rampant speculation two weeks in a row now about Kiffin leaving and, and the numbers come down here? What do you think of Old Miss at home against Miss State on Thanksgiving? Well, this is when you know you're seeing two. I think they're at Circa. Old Miss favored by two, uh, two and a half at other places in the market. I think this game could be picked by kickoff. Mm. You're talking about the massive speculation that Lane Kiffin uh, is headed to uh, Auburn as their next head coach. And even if he's not, just the turmoil of it, it's a distraction. The players are hearing it no matter how he addresses it. I really love, This is one of my stronger recommendations this week. I really love Mississippi State. Uh, this is an Ole Miss team that even outside the coaching distraction, they ascended to number seven in both polls about midseason, starts out 7-0, and it's been a free fall for the Rebels since then. They've lost three of their last four. Their only victory, only by three points at a struggling Texas A&M. So they go from a team that had playoff aspirations to a team now lost three out of four, might be losing their head coach. Uh, there's 80% chance of rain in Oxford. So that could somewhat affect Mississippi State's passing game. Uh, but I think uh, the weather might not be the only thing dreary for Rebel fans, uh, Thanksgiving night, I think Mississippi State beats Ole Miss Thursday in Oxford. Wow, great breakdown! And you, you're right about being phonies and uh, how bad. I mean that that was ugly last week in the loss against Arkansas as well. Yep. Uh, your pick in the Fun Belt to win in the preseason was Coastal Carolina. They're already in the title game. McCall, their star quarterback, is out. He has been out. They are catching 14 against James Madison in the final game. And then I'll ask you, what would you make Troy Coastal in the title game if, it, if we get that in, in a couple weeks? Well, there's a couple of uh, things here, kind of what-if situations. First of all, the side of the game is not yet determined. Uh, Coastal, as you said, is getting two touchdowns against James Madison. Troy, meanwhile, favored by two touchdowns at Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. So let's assume Coastal loses, Troy wins. That game's going to be played at Troy. Then you also have the dynamic of McCall could possibly play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he injured his foot on November 3rd against Appalachian State. At the time, the school said three to six weeks. Right. Um, you know, so he might be available. But uh, I'll give two scenarios. Without McCall, I'll make Troy a uh, six-point favorite uh, at home over uh, over Coastal. 
And then uh, without McCall also, I would make Coastal, if the game were to be played there, if they pulled the upset, a one-point favorite at home over Troy. Okay. This number against James Madison got as high as 15 this week. What's the angle here? Is Coastal Carolina going to play anybody because they have that spot in the Sun Belt title game already uh, wrapped up? Well, I made this game 10, so I, you know, I had it double digits too, but I didn't have it you know, two yeah. touchdowns. I just think, you know, I think they're going to play their players for sure, but I think there's just such a significant drop-off from Grayson McCall mm-hmm. to either Jarrett Guest or uh, Bryce Carpenter, their two backup quarterbacks. I mean, you look at McCall, this guy's got a 74-7 to touchdown-to-interception career ratio, 70% career completion rate. He's got a 21-to-1 ratio this year touchdown interceptions. So they win the turnover battle when Grayson McCall is playing quarterback. The only game they played thus far without McCall, Jarrett Guest started. They beat Southern Mississippi 26-23, to but Guest threw two interceptions. They lost the turnover battle. So I think there's just such a drop-off. I think the, uh, the books uh, respect Grayson McCall. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Okay. Uh, well, there's a lot of teams like this uh, Friday and Saturday where if they win, they're in their conference title game. Here's one with Kansas State laying doubles against Kansas. Uh, who do you like in that game? And if it is Kansas State, what would K-State TCU be in the Big 12 title game close to the campus of TCU? Yeah, this game between Kansas State and uh, Kansas being played in Manhattan Kansas State uh, favored uh, by 11.5 there at Circa, and I believe by 11 in some parts of the market. Kansas State, as you said, they need the victory to reach the Big 12 championship game against TCU. Typically, in these types of situations, even though they have the motivation to win to make that championship game, I I think it's uh, a detriment. You know, I see it as kind of an albatross, the pressure, the expectation, and those types of things. But the Cats have been so dominant in recent years against Kansas. They've beaten and covered the Jayhawks each of the last three years. They've won those games by an average of 32 points, the closest game among the last three, 35 to 10 last year in Lawrence. So there's a lot of recent uh, domination there. Kansas cracked the top 25 uh, midseason with that 5-0 and start, but they were overranked. The defense has caught up with them. Kansas has given up over 500 yards in each of their last two games against Texas Tech in uh, Texas. Texas ran for 427 yards this past Saturday uh, against Kansas, averaged seven and a half yards per carry. Kansas State, they can rush the football too. They're top 25 in yards per game rushing, 199 yards per game, five yards per carry, also top 25. Can you say Deuce Vaughn? I think Vaughn mm-hmm. goes off big against the Jayhawks. I think Kansas State actually made this game north of two touchdowns. I think oh. Kansas State wins by 17 or more. Oh, there you go. Kansas on Saturday. And, okay. they, and it'd be Pickham or TCU and, a small favorite? Right. I forgot about your original yeah, question. I, make, I think I could see it about pick, but I'd make TCU minus one uh, as we sit here today. Think about mm. that. Wow. God. Wow, they had them down big in the first oh, one, and it, the injuries it, happened. It's 28 to 10 yes. in that game. And then not only the starting quarterback, but the backup yeah. quarterback got hurt, and that's the only reason why T- TCU covered that game. I was on K-State. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Paul Stone Sports. His, uh, the name of the podcast is also the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcast. Great stuff today, Paul. Thanks for the time. Good luck this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys and everybody out there. Have a great Thanksgiving with uh, family and friends. Yep. Thank you, sir. Made the case for Notre Dame. Uh-huh. Missed great case for Miss State. Oh, God. And, uh, well, you're lucky that right. old Miss total went over seven and a half right away, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll hell break it loose here. Absolutely. We knew they were Fugazi, though, uh, even when they were, because it was based on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, but this is, if this plays out, Oh, man, I don't want to see it. TCU gets beat. USC gets beat. Oh, boy. I don't want to, I don't want to see Clemson in this damn thing. The no goal in the first 35 minutes of this uh, Denmark match cashed. Yeah, I'm seeing under one and a half minus 150 now in play. Okay. It's nil-nil. Um, yep. Coming up in the 40th in. minute. Yep. 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 Up next, we'll make the list. You can play along. How many teams can win the Super Bowl this year? Is our list too short, too long? We will tell you the teams coming up next.
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Your college football better. VSIN has a new podcast that's a must listen. The VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Three episodes every week to get you ready as a better. Tim Murray, Matt Humans, Adam Burke, JVT react to lines as soon as they're released. They cover midweek games. Discuss line movement and breakdowns of every major game. Download and subscribe to the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll start this hour talking some college football. Ralph Russo does a great job covering college football for the AP. He's been uh, doing it for many, many years. And a lot to talk about this morning. Ralph, thanks for the time today. How are you? 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing really well. Good, let's, let's begin with the uh, the latest that we have in this terrific Heisman race this year. And from our perspective now, from a betting perspective, uh, yesterday C.J. Stroud remained the favorite, but now at some sports books well across the country, Caleb Williams is slightly ahead of C.J. Stroud. At this point now, each playing, you know, obviously monstrous games this weekend, uh, how do you break down the race? Who who would you actually give it to if the award had to be handed out today? Yeah, I, that's a tricky one if you think they when the award is handed out today because I think that's part of the reason why you see these, uh, like, you know, from your perspective, these, ten, I think, somewhat tentative favorites throughout the year. I think a lot of voters, it's hard to say who would give, get the award today because because so much emphasis is placed on the final few games of the season. That's basically what ends up determining the Heisman, right? Mm-hmm. If you play your best in your biggest games, and if those biggest games come toward the end of the season, whether it's Ohio State-Michigan, whether it's conference championship games, and this week Notre Dame-USC, essentially that, you know, Bryce Young won the Heisman last year when Alabama beat Georgia. So I think Caleb, Caleb Williams is perfectly placed, perfectly positioned to win the Heisman with a big game last week against UCLA. He's got a big stage against Notre Dame. He'll have a big stage in the Pac-12 championship game. Of course, the caveat there is, you know, we often hold wins and losses against these guys. And it's going to be tough for Caleb Williams' team to win these games. You know, that USC defense is still so wonky. Um, they could easily get get caught in one of these games, and then it becomes well, do the voters sort of hold the loss against him, even if he plays well? And if C.J. Stroud or Blake Corum, probably not Corum, it's really hard for running back these days. But listen, if he has 200 yards against Ohio State and Michigan wins, that changes that conversation yeah. as well. So I think Caleb Williams is 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 in great position to win it. I just would wonder, will voters hold it against him if USC loses? Great point. Do you think they're going to put a lot of stock into where USC was before this year and what has happened in year one here of Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams compared to Ohio State where they're always great, they always have an amazing offense, and they seemingly make the playoff every single year? Yeah, I, I do. I think that like Heisman Trophy, somebody once told me, uh, and I, I sort of stole it from the Heisman Trophy winners need a story. They need a narrative. Um, you're not just selling statistics. And if you're Caleb Williams, and this is one of the reasons why I think that maybe he will get a little leeway if they lose one of these games. If you're Caleb Williams, you are the quarterback that turned around USC. You're the quarterback yeah. that took USC from four wins to a playoff spot maybe or at least playoff contention. Uh, again, as you said, if you're C.J. Stroud, you're just the latest great Ohio State quarterback playing on a great Ohio State team. Uh, you know, and listen, I think C.J. has also you know, not had the benefit of playing in a lot of big games. Ohio State just hasn't been in the spotlight that much, and I think that's probably holding him back a little bit as well. So I think it's set up now for Caleb. But we'll see. Again, you know, his team, his team's performance will, will, will play into this too. And, and I, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, just look at the lines. You know, I think what oh, the USC is about a six-point favorite mm-hmm. over Notre Dame. They would probably be, what, a four- or five-point favorite against Oregon or somebody else in the Pac-12 championship game. Those are not – those are going to be hard games for them to win. What, what do you make – yes, very good. What do you make of the rampant speculation here the last two weeks with Kiffin – and a lot of layers to this. If he takes the Auburn job, or could could you could you wait out Saban? And could someone say, I don't want the Auburn job. No, I don't want to go against Saban. Who knows how long he's going to be there? But maybe a Kiffin or a Sweeney could once Saban retires gets that gets that job. What do you make of all this? Yeah, so I I, I would hate to pair it with speculating when Saban will go, only because like I think that's a bit of a fool's errand. The guy's a robot. He lo- he's, a, he's a competition freak. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that they're off a little bit this year, Alabama, but the fact of the matter is they have another number one recruiting class or number two, you know, one or two recruiting class waiting to come in. I think the machine's still rolling there, and he's still in good enough health and good enough shape at 71, I believe, that I, I, I'm thinking another few years. So we, we, like, just, just concentrate on Auburn. You know, I know there was a report out there, a you know, quote unquote report out there yesterday, which Lane, you know, shot down himself on Twitter. Um, 
I, I think that if Auburn came coming, came calling for Lane Kiffin, it would be very hard, and I would be surprised if he turned it down. I think it's as simple as Auburn is better situated to win national championships and to contend to actually take down Saban than Ole Miss. That's not a knock at Ole Miss. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's the fact. Look at the history of those two programs. Ole Miss hasn't won the SEC since like the 60s. Uh-huh. And Auburn has won the SEC within our lifetime and beaten Saban. Interesting. Yeah. Very good. Well, you also have the pressure of going there, too. I mean, I guess you could say I'll get the enormous buyout. You have one bad season, you're out. They'll get rid of you. Know, Chizik, Gus Malzahn, I mean. And that is the negative, right? I mean, I think I think if you're Lane, that's the one thing you look at and you go, well, wait a second. And any coach, I think any uh-huh. coach is going to look at Auburn and say, okay, this school has the chaos gene. Like, they just, <laughs> it is. Yes. They are all over the place. Like, who's running the show here? They have a new AD, but is he really in charge? Like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of disruption sometimes dysfunction at Auburn. I mean, look what they did to their last coach, for goodness sakes, trying to, you know, basically trying to, like, you know, start a coup and, and remove him in last February. Yep. So I think that gives pause to anybody, but I also think that, you know, 8 to $10 million and a chance to win a national championship puts a lot of people, makes a lot of, will make a lot of coaches go, you know what, I'll sign up for that. And as you said, the buyout's good. If they all get, if they all go crazy and decide to throw me have a mutiny, the buyout's yep. good. The great Ralph Russo, our guest, covers college football for the Associated Press. Follow the money, Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. Paulie and Mitch, let me throw a tweet you had right at you and ask you the question sure. about. We'll see what the committee does today. But does, the, what this committee might have to do here with if if there's Armageddon, you tweeted go time, <laughs> not a prediction, but one's got to go. Undefeated Georgia, undefeated Michigan, Ohio State loses a close game to Michigan. TCU loses the Big 12 title game, and Clemson's 12-1. and Who's out? <laughs> yeah, I like putting these out as opposed to having to answer them. I make <laughs> but, you know, so I would think in that scenario, I think Clemson, let's put it, let me, let me draw the lens back. I think Clemson has a better chance of getting in than a lot of people do. I'm interested to see okay. where they are placed tonight. Um, and, and my guess is they will be at the end of the queue, right? If you look at the teams that, that, that have a chance, my guess is they will be at the end of the queue, and that probably will be, uh, you know, sixth or seventh, I'm guessing, behind USC, certainly behind TCU. Uh, but I, I just wonder if in that scenario, if TCU doesn't win a conference championship and you start playing the resume game against Clemson with a conference championship in the ACC, I, I think that becomes a pretty close call that Clemson can win. I also would say that, you know, Michigan's uh, non-conference schedule was terrible, and they don't have a lot. The, the Big Ten has not provided a lot of big platforms for big wins. So I could also see, uh, you know, a Clemson-Michigan, you know, uh, resume test and people going, you know what? I, I know, I know, I know. Michigan might be a, maybe a little better, uh, well stocked, but man, Clemson has has just accomplished a little more. So I think Clemson is in a better position than uh, I think a, the general consensus is because I think TCU's played a lot of close games and will have a tough uh, a Big Twelve championship game. I think we talked about USC and their precariousness. So if you start ticking off the teams ahead of them and giving them losses, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a path there for Clemson. Well, okay, under that scenario, then we have like 90 seconds left here. Is a one-loss Michigan team live if TCU and USC each lose? I think so. I think I think at some point, you know, you, you start looking around and going, okay, we ha- we have to have four, right? We need to like we got to find a fourth. So who is the fourth? And I think I, I still think with Michigan, especially because of that bad non-conference schedule, and if they play a really close game against Ohio State, I do think that they could be yes. the beneficiary of chaos everywhere else. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Ralph D Russo AP. He does a great job covering the sport for the Associated Press. Ralph, thanks so much for the time today. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, sir. Clemson right now at DraftKings is plus two ten to make the playoff. 
they'll have their hands full with North Carolina. But remember, they look terrible against Notre Dame. That's why it's so important how Michigan looks Saturday, even with a close loss. Oh, boy. Stop that. Uh, okay. Even if it's a close loss, right? Okay, they still get in. Because you're right. The ACC, bad. Falling apart here. Yeah. Injuries, uh, bad teams, North Carolina's just, embarrassing loss. Ba- based on their history, I hate how much stock they put into conference championship winners. Yeah. I- it drives me nuts. But that's a me thing. They could have a th- Ralph's right. That could be a very tough call about, my God, we got to put four in. And we're running out of options here. USC is plus 155. Yeah. Boy, I think he's right. I think USC is going to lose at some point. They're losing one of these next two games. <clears throat> This is Follow the Money on VSEN. You don't have to wait until after Turkey Day to score a Black Friday deal with VSEN. New VSEN Pro subscribers get a $30 credit to the VSEN store. With VSEN Pro access, you get a daily recap of the plays made by every host and guest. Tools like our betting splits let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive daily betting reports, upcoming college bowl guide, Super Bowl guide. It's a great place to shop for VSIN hats, shirts, mugs, and other gear at the VSIN store. Limited time Black Friday offer. So sign up now for a great holiday gift at VSIN.com slash subscribe. The great Adam Chernoff joins us now. Simple Handicap Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. He is hot with the NFL plays, and he'll give out some picks in a second. Let's start with your Jets. This is a fascinating handicap, right? And people played games with the number yesterday with the who's going to play quarterback for the Jets and then the Fields news, where could he play? Is he out for the year? Four up to six, back down to four and a half. Could it be Mike White? Is it Trevor Simeon? This is fascinating. Well, what a way to start a Tuesday morning with the great New York Jets. Uh, There's got to be Jets fans watching this show that lived through the 80s and the 90s and have a lot more pain and sorrow following this team than I do (laughs) starting in the mid-2000s when I was old enough to understand what was going on. But, yeah, you're right, Paul. Like This game is a a mess on both sides. But I think it's potentially going to present a lot of opportunity for betting, not this morning, but later in the week. Let's start with Justin Fields. I think the best breakdown of what's really going on is from Courtney Cronin, who used to be with the Vikings, mm-hmm. now she's with the Bears, has a really good breakdown of everything going on. Okay. There's two things at play here. First and foremost, it's a non-throwing shoulder injury that by the sounds of how the tweets and the reports are being worded is likely going to mean Fields misses a couple of games. That's how it is being implied. The reason that we're seeing it so weird and how it's being reported is because Everfluss has openly come out and said, we want to keep this as a competitive advantage and not let the Jets know what's going to happen. And that's being reported too. So we're going to get sort of mixed messages. This is a massive loss for the Bears, I think, when Fields cannot play. Because the only reason that Chicago has been competitive with having one of the worst defenses in the entire league is because of what Justin Fields has done using his legs. You remove that from the offense, this is a very, very bad football team all the way around. Now, on the other side, when we're talking about bad football teams, we have the New York Jets. I'm shocked at how Zach Wilson was willing to come out and just bury his defense on Sunday night. And my worry is that that is sort of the end, not Mm. only for him, but also the chemistry that this team had building in the first eight to nine weeks of the season. To just come out and say, no, I'm not letting anyone down after you are consistently ranked as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, as you're consistently missing wide open receivers, as you're consistently turning the football over, when your defense is playing so far above expectation to just bury everyone on the team is just a baffling move for me as terrible of a quarterback as he is. But it could have been a season where the Jets could have said, look, we had injuries to our star running back who was carrying us along. We had Wilson miss the first four games throughout the whole season. We had injuries to the offensive line. No, none of that now. It's all on him and how he is just willing to throw this defense under the bus. And you're seeing guys like the tweets saying how bad he is now from the defensive side. You're seeing guys go on Twitter and we treat reporters who are saying all these videos and how he's missing all these throws. It's just yeah. all bad now 
for the Jets. And it's unfortunate because Chicago would be a great fade, but I don't know what you can do in this spot with mm. the Jets without knowing who's going to start a QB. Great point about social media. Sauce Gardner had to come out and say, I liked it, but I didn't know what I was doing. I liked something on accident. Yep. That's a whole nut. That's a good job. What, mess. What's this contraption in my hand? Is it called an iPhone? I don't know what this unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> I sure. opened the app. I liked the tweet. It was an accident. Yeah, it was too many <laughs> Right. Okay, another one here. Uh, boy, the Texans are a mess as well. We might see Allen. We might see Mills go to the bench. In any event, they can't stop anything. They catch Miami off the bye. What do you think of Miami laying a big number here? Lovey Smith needs to go. He, yeah. You see him on the sideline. There's no life. There's no interest. He's so flat. He doesn't change. He's been <laughs> stuck in cover two for 15 years. <laughs> He's got to go. Um, the Texans are lifeless at this point. There might be a QB switch, like you mentioned, rumors that Kyle Allen will come in for Davis Mills. Does that make a difference to this team? I don't think so. Um, where I'm stuck here, and this is really unfortunate, uh, the Dolphins, with how great their offense has been coming out of the bye against this Texans defense, I think could very well win this game by three-plus touchdowns. Mm -hmm. However, reason I haven't bet it is it's very tough to ignore young head coaches in their first year going back to where they came from. We saw it with Nick Sirianni going back to Indianapolis, how emotional that game was for him. He's on the bench yelling at fans after. He's getting in everybody's face. Here you have the situation where Mike McDaniel, first-time head coach in his first season, going back to San Francisco the week after this game. Now, again, it's, it's a little bit kind of ancient in terms of handicapping and old-fashioned and out of style. For me, when I'm looking at the Dolphins, laying nearly two touchdowns in what should be a blowout game, but you have such a massive game and situation lingering for the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel going back to San Francisco, coming up immediately after this, maybe the Dolphins are up 20. You see McDaniel, who loves to run the football, get a little conservative. That's really lingering over this game, but it should be very one-sided, but just because of that, don't know if I'll get to the window with Miami. Great tidbit. Follow the yep. money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff, our guest. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Adam Chernoff. He's also the voice of uh, the Simple Handicap Podcast. Get that wherever you listen to your podcast. You are the inventor of the Jared Goff checklist, right? Um, on the road, good defense, check, check, check. You know, you don't, you don't want to have this guy. However, you went against yourself the last two weeks, and you cashed tickets with him on the road with the Detroit Lions. Now they come back home to the friendly confines of Ford Field, catching a big number, red hot against this Bills team, struggling a little bit. What do you want to do with this number? We'll go back to normal here and oppose Jared Goff. Buffalo Bills minus nine for me to start off the Thanksgiving triple header. A very different situation for Detroit. You get a terrible defense in Chicago where you're able to be very comfortable moving the football with your guys back. Last week, again, very comfortable situation against the Giants. Really bad defense, not a great offense. Lions get more guys back, get healthier. Can see why Lions getting points there makes a lot of sense. In this game specifically, a massive step up in class for the Detroit Lions going from the Giants and the Bears and the easy schedule they face to facing the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills a little bit discounted here for two reasons. First and foremost, someone may correct me on Twitter after this. I do not believe a road team has played in a stadium within 96 hours, two games in four days. I think there was a situation a year or two ago where a team played in MetLife back-to-back -back weeks. I think that really discounts the home field advantage that mm. the Lions have considering the Bills played here on Sunday. The second thing, the Bills offense, when put indoors on a dome on a fast track compared to what they do outside where they're still extremely good, I don't think that difference and how much better they are on offense indoors is fully priced into the market yet. Both those things considered, as well as the step up in class, Bills minus nine. I think this is a good bet to start off the Thanksgiving triple header. Okay, just over two minutes left. Two more games left. One on the Monday night that you can close with. I'm with you on this one. Tampa lane three against Cleveland. Then your thoughts on the Monday night game. Please take it away. For me, it's the Bucks continuing to be a team that is just a, a bet on team. That drive against the LA Rams. The video was out there on social Chris Godwin, this is what turns around the season. This is where we start to come back. They get the drive. They beat the Rams. Then they get a whole bunch of guys back. Secondary is healthy. Front seven is healthy. Wide receivers are healthy. They go to Germany. They blow out Seattle. Now they have the bye where Tom Brady 
in this last four to five years of his career where there's been these transition years or uncertainty. He, coming out of the bye, he's been really good at getting things sorted out, working on what they needed. I think the bye comes at an excellent time. Bucks get healthier. Everything starts to get sorted out. And the Browns, from a situational perspective, next week their team completely changes, getting Deshaun Watson back under center. Yes. You've seen them now sort of lose track of their season here. There's going to be a big stretch for them to make the playoffs. Bucks in a much better situation. I'll lay the minus three here with Tampa. Yeah, and then quickly here, less than a minute, uh, Steelers, you like them on Monday night? Yeah, plus three. I'll bet Pittsburgh on the road at Indianapolis. I thought last week against the Eagles was the killer for this Colts team. Mm -hmm. And there's been a couple of them this season, let's not lie. But Jeff Saturday had an out. You come in, you beat all the criticism in the first game, you win against Las Vegas. Then you're leading the Eagles at home, a situation where you can come away with a big victory and you can just shut everyone up. You can be in a great spot going forward. The team has some life. That drive inside the five, run for zero, run for zero. Matt Ryan takes a sack, loses 14 yards. They settle for the field goal. I think this is it for Indy. Now that that bubble sort of bursts with the changes. You get a Steelers team healthier on defense, offense, a lot of young pieces starting to get better going on the road here against a fairly easy defensive scheme. I think the Steelers can keep it within the number and surprise on Monday Night Football. Man, so good as always. Uh, keep it hot, yeah. my friend. Um, thanks for the time. Uh, have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Enjoy you the too. games on Thursday. Thank, yep. Happy Thanksgiving. You, you too, too yep. uh, Follow him on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. And again, the podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Uh, In-pocket plays, what we are betting. Coming up next on the good old program. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.